You're going to want to put on your tinfoil hat for this one. It's Mikey J on KGUP Presents. Do you know who I am? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Mothers, lock up your daughters. It's time to see Mikey J. Mikey J. Are you fucking with me? We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. How you doing? I'm Mikey Jane. You're tuned into another edition of KGUP Presents. This is episode 60. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm excited for today's show because we are taking a bit of a break from Tartaria. Not that I want to stop investigating the subject, just sometimes we need to explore other topics and just talk about something else entirely. This isn't the Tartaria show. <laughs> this show is really about talking to people I can't normally talk to in my everyday life. I mean, we're surrounded by the the undead, the zombies, the vaccinated i know i know i i i know there are people that watch this show that think that the covidius is real and that the injectables are actually helping us i mean the truth is, of the matter is they don't i mean it, as we've learned it, it was just a money grab i mean a lot of organizations profited a great deal in this stuff and they've been announcing ever since that you know the lockdowns were were released that it's mo the most profitable of all time and and so I digress. Before I bring on this next guest, I, I wanted to show off our new KGUP uh, Presents t-shirt. Uh, it actually, it's a long sleeve shirt. And uh, you can get one for only $22. That's right. It's the same price of a t-shirt. And you can own a piece of KGUP. Uh, check it out. If you want one, send me an email to info at kgup1065.com. And uh, let me know. And um, I'll send one, one right out to you. All right, so on to our show. Uh, this next guest has become one of my 
favorite people to listen to. She's been a guest on several podcasts and other shows, and she's uh, has her own show called uh, Deplorable Nation, if you've heard of that. Now, don't judge the, the show by the name. Um, she's one of the kindest human beings, one of the most down-to-earth individuals in the podcast community. Uh, don't let her name fool you because uh, she's not a Trumper. She's a truther and a great person to have on your side because she's 100% real and organic. So if you want to check her out, uh, check out her show, go to www.kgup1065.com and scroll down to recommended podcasts and you'll find her logo and just click on it. So without further ado, let's uh, bring her on the one, the amazing, the talented, deplorable Janet of Deplorable Nation. What is going on? Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here with you. And that was such a very sweet intro. I just want to thank you for that. And oh, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> for people who are not familiar with me, the reason why I kept the name Deplorable Janet, um, and that is shortened from what it was because I wear it like a badge of honor because anytime somebody calls me a name, I'm proud of that because my morals and my values make me who I am and I will always fight against corruption or, um, you know, stand up for the little guy, stand up for people that, you know, need somebody in their corner to fight for them. And so I'm proud to be a deplorable. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't even like start listening to your show until about three weeks ago, but I heard you as far back as like May and you were on like the Great Deception podcast, mm -hmm. you were on the Shadow Band podcast, uh, Subconscious Realms, the Dangerous World podcast, New York Patriot, Legit Bat, <laughs> in Inquiries Over Reality with Shane Jones. And in fact, I'm going to be a, a guest on a Legit Bat and Inquiries Over of Our Reality uh, this month and next month. So I'm pretty excited. You will have such a great time because they are all such amazing people and amazing host and especially legit bat be prepared oh, yeah. to laugh a lot. <laughs> oh, he's crazy. In fact, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed you, you being on their show. And then, uh, Shane, uh, the last episode you had me, you guys had me laughing. Like, like it wasn't I love Shane. <laughs> yeah, he, he's such a great guy. And and I finally got to see what he looked like. And I was like, Oh, my God, he did not I did not picture all that hair. <laughs> I know. I love his hair. Like the first time I ever saw him, I was like, Oh, my God, dude, that is like, awesome. That is like, one of those, uh, you know, hair that people dream of having, right? Yeah, I was just like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's so funny to like, put the uh, face to some of the names because I think in our minds, we like imagine or think what people are going to look like conceptually. Yeah. And then when we see them, we're like, Holy cow, that's not what I pictured. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that reminds me, I, you know, cause when I was younger, the, the very first book I ever read was interview with a vampire. I mean, I, that was the first book that I read from cover to cover mm -hmm. because I hated reading. Right. And my mom would force me to read and I was trying all these different books and I thought I would like all these like crime stuff and, you know, books from school I hated. Mm -hmm. And then Interview with the Vampire, I read from cover to cover. I just, I read it probably 16 times 
And, and then when the movie came out, I was like, oh, this isn't what I envisioned. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I didn't like change my mindset and put these characters in in these parts and then reread it. I'm glad you, you mentioned the reading thing because you and I have several things in common and that is definitely one of them. Um, I always despised reading growing up and it was one of those things where um they forced you to read stuff all the time of course i'm i'm old i'm like the granny (laughs) in the community but it's like you know the stuff that they would have us read for little kids was like so over my head anyway and it's like you would read one sentence and i'd be like i have no idea what that said go back and read it again i'm like okay still don't get it yeah <laughs> you know, I, I was a huge Star Wars buff and that I even tried to read the Star Wars books, but they were so confusing because they would mm-hmm. jump around from scene to scene and I would like have to reimagine every paragraph and I'm like, oh my God, this is exhausting. And then I would just fall asleep. <laughs> exactly. If you want something to help you sleep really well, read a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, w- I was constantly like rereading chapters. I'm like, okay, I can, I, now I kind of get a picture of what they're trying to tell me. And I have to go way back and I'm like, oh my God, this is exhausting. I can never get through a book because it was just painstaking. And you but- know, what's funny about that is I'm kind of still the same way. It is really hard for me to sit down and read a book because like, I'm always active doing stuff mm-hmm. and just to sit um, my mind's like going a thousand miles an hour in different directions. And it's hard for me to like focus yeah. on that. Now I can listen to one and be fine because I can be doing other things at the same time, but I cannot sit down and read. Mm-mm. I definitely have ADHD <laughs> for sure. I mean, I can read really fast and I, I like to read now. I mean, it I, it took me until I was like 26 before I could like really enjoy reading and like, I did it all the time. I didn't watch TV for probably eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was just immersed in like reading. But um, once I got away from it, I, I lost that dexterity and that stamina to be able to read a book from cover mm-hmm. to cover in, in a short amount of time. And then uh, once I got into teaching, I, I was like, oh, God, I got to get back into reading so I can like exactly. stimulate my mind. And, <laughs> You know, so I can keep up with these kids. <laughs> <laughs> that is another thing we have in common is the teaching thing because um it's so it's so interesting talking to different people who have taught because mm-hmm. everybody has such a you know unique style of doing things and and you know how they how they lead their students and and touch their students lives and gets their students to pay attention because you know that the human attention span is literally five minutes long (laughs) it's even less you know yeah well nowadays um (laughs) snapchat and vine vine was what what was it 10 seconds oh yeah (laughs) i used to i used to like um bat dad buying videos and and those always made me laugh just oh, because yeah. he was always like that dad around the house to his wife and his kids and like his wife's like oh not again did that start on vine 
Yeah, I don't know if it started on Vine. That's just where I saw that dad at. So it, it made me laugh. Yeah. yeah, but they were so short. They were short videos, which is good for like people Almost. like me, I guess, because I don't spend very much time on any kind of media whatsoever. Oh, I can't very stand limited. it when I when I catch myself like sitting there for five minutes and I'm like, oh, my God, it, it's such a time warp. Mm-hmm. And so into and I, and I know I need to pull away as quick as I can, but then I'm just like, uh, I'm still scrolling and like <laughs> I keep going and I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like my students. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you snap selfies all the time, too? <laughs> no, I, I hate social media. I, I hardly ever post. If I post something, it's got to be like worthwhile, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't need everybody knowing what I eat on a daily basis. I, I don't, don't either. Or, or what restaurant I'm at or what, you know, place I am or no, no, yeah. those are, those are things that are my private time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like sharing that. So. Like I like to cook and I always imagine myself having a camera and lights and like, Oh, I'm going to do a tutorial, but I never do it. <laughs> Like I have a survival bag that I want to take apart and re put it, put it back together and show people what's in it mm-hmm. to give others an idea of like, this is your, my bug out bag. You should have one too, but I just can't get myself to do it. Like you I, should, you should totally do whatever creative thing your mind tells you to do, because yeah. those are, you're getting like downloads. I don't know what your religious beliefs are but to me they're like downloads from god and he's saying boop 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 you're supposed to do this if you thought it that's a message for you to do it and that way you never leave any stone unturned if you want to you know cook and show people do it yeah yeah that's good advice um speaking of god i mean i i you know, before two years ago, before 2020, I, I was, I had this like inkling of like, God does exist, but I just didn't know how to explore it. Or I didn't believe a lot of religious, you know, organizations. Cause you know, right. in when I was like, after I joined the military, I went, they were like, oh yeah, you can go to any church you want every Sunday. And I'm like, so I'm like, all right, I, I don't have to clean. I'm just going to go to church and go to these like little retreats and stuff and, and explore the religions and because they had every, every single religion that you can think of mm-hmm. there on, on, on the base. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to Baptist church. I'm going to go to Catholic church. I'm going to go to all these, like, and just explore and find, you know, f- find a calling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but once I got out of the military, I kind of just like let it go because it just felt, it didn't feel genuine. Right. Like it felt like, I mean, especially the Catholic religion, it was just all formality. And I didn't, I didn't feel a thing. I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel a presence of God or Jesus Mm -hmm. or anything like that. So I was like, it was easy for me to just check out of it. Right. And, And uh, you know, it's funny about that is I actually grew up in Catholic school, uh, went to Catholic church and never found um, my place there. And like you said, never, never felt a connection with God, never anything. 
And at my age, I can tell you, I've been to lots of different um, churches and stuff. And it hasn't been until recently where I feel like I found my place. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people um, is that they have a problem with organized religion. So do I. Um, But my place is with God. And so um, my relationship is between me and him. It's not between me and a building and him. And so, you know, in me, I I love to sit outside. I love to listen to nature and look at nature and stuff like that. And so, you know, those are times where I can like share in those moments and, you know, pray for other people and, and stuff like that. And that's where I find my peace at. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, I, a few weeks ago, about probably a month ago, I started reading the Quran because um you know i i don't want to turn my my you know myself to any turn away from anything right. i, I want to explore right. and find just really find truth because mm-hmm. everything we're, we're so deceived by everything we don't know everything. where everything originated from and i want to find the origination of you know spirituality because i know something is out there i know right. there's a creator and uh you know, when it explained how to pray, you know, I faced the east, I went to the furthest room in my house, and I went on the floor on the carpet. And then I got as close to the ground as I could. And I actually prayed and like meditated. And I just started crying. Mm-hmm. Because I felt closer energy to God. release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt closer to God than I had ever felt in, right. in you know, many, many years. If, right. And uh, that that was like, wow. Yeah. Those are beautiful moments, though, when, when you can experience things like that. And and for some people, um, it's really hard talking about like a creator or God, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people are very in tune with like um, nature and spirituality and, you know, things like that, which a lot of times that leads you down that path to you know, God or creator source or whatever people want to call it. Me personally, it's God. Um, But finding, you know, your things that give you peace and that give you not happiness, but actual pure joy, Um, you know, whether it's, you know, serving other people or, um, you know, benefiting from, you know, being around nature or, or things like that, you know, everybody's got their own thing that I like to call grounding that brings mm-hmm. you closer and on that level. So, yeah, I try to ground as, as much as I can, mm-hmm. especially if the sun's out and then I just oh, yeah. kind of, I'll, I'll sun gaze and take my shoes off and just walk through the grass and you can feel a connection with nature and, and yeah. this like healing and it, it's a great feeling. And, and the uh, energy, the energy yeah. you get from it. Because we've been programmed to, you know, we got to have rubber on our souls. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't want to step on a nail, you know. And stay indoors. Yeah. Like, we're be constantly... scared of everything. We're so <laughs> fearful of everything that's around us and people, our neighbors. Like, we don't, like, I, we don't really talk to our neighbors, but at least wave hi to them, to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're friendly people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just love being outside. I love gardening. I'm, I'm 
we're learning how to garden and grow things and you know I, I wish i could grow more stuff but you know we just had this like cold snap and mm -hmm. it's been in the 30s and it's just it killed everything in my garden so i have to like start so over. Where, where are you at dallas texas oh i yeah i used to live in texas and uh i can honestly say the weather is a little bit nicer there though um i'm in tennessee now and so you know like our weather i think is um bipolar because one day it'll be like 90 degrees and then the next day it's like 30 for the high. Yeah. And so we're in that weird roller coaster uh, thing right now. But this year we could not get anything to grow. Uh, tomatoes wouldn't grow. Um, really? Peppers wouldn't grow. And even the people at the farmer's market were saying they were having the same kind of issue. Wow. So. I don't know what it is that's going on, but I'm thinking I mean, there's more yeah. than just <clears throat> weather manipulation hitting yeah. the hitting the stuff. Yeah, it's definitely it's a hundred percent weather manipulation. I mean, they've been manipulating mm -hmm. the weather here in Texas since 1951, mm -hmm. and they, you know, I I did a recent documentary on weather modification and geoengineering, and mm -hmm. you know, because that's one of the first things that that red pilled me and, and got me into truth and and investigating because you know when i was a kid i mean the the contrails were real contrails you know and mm -hmm. it, it wasn't until like i guess like the early 2000s that i started to notice the skies just weren't natural looking and mm -hmm. people were getting like this valley fever and i'm like what the hell is valley fever i mean they're just making stuff up out of thin air and it no one ever considered that maybe it was like, you know, geoengineering. I mean, mm -hmm. that wasn't even a thing, you know? <laughs> well, it's a good thing that you uh, mentioned um, manipulation and, and geoengineering because, you know, we're on the big uh, climate change bandwagon and, and things now. And like you were talking about, um, hmm, I like to call it convid in your uh in your opener and so i saw a story the other day that made me chuckle you know how they're always coming out with with crazy stuff to explain away side effects mm -hmm. yeah. are you ready for this one this is new <laughs> yeah give it to me <laughs> winter vagina what i haven't heard that <laughs> winter vagina is causing um, females to miscarry or die. And I'm like, dude, let what? me study this for a minute because coming from, you know, the, the, the medical background that I have, I'm like, Hmm, are they packing it full of snow or what exactly is going on? But yeah, this is a new wow. article term that they have made up to, um, explain away uh miscarriages and and sudden death and stuff yeah yeah actually a person i know i mean her his wife just uh miscarried like not even that long ago a couple of weeks and i was just thinking you know the first time i met her i mean she was wearing a mask and so i knew right away mm -hmm. that she was fully boosted right right and so it, it doesn't surprise me that you know, she did have a miscarriage and, and it's so unfortunate that people right. are so programmed and 
from television and the ones that surprise me the most like even one of my friends she works in like a medical facility and she's so more indoctrinated than she was before she started working there and which wasn't that long ago and she's just you know oh it's you know I, like i was sick a few few months or a month ago and she's like oh it must have been rsv and i was like oh my god no i was just sick <laughs> 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 yeah i'm just it's, like oh my god yeah and it's it's kind of sad like the amount of people um just normal everyday humans but also people in healthcare that just kind of like the worst forgot their schooling and their training and things that they learned mm -hmm. um i would almost wager a bet that any of the students that I taught knew this was total BS. Um, but if you are going to like, you know, a mainstream university or whatnot and, and getting the, the liberal indoctrination education, whatever you want to call it. Um, those are the people that are easily uh, duped mm -hmm. or manipulated yeah. into believing literally anything you tell them yeah but so exactly what is your your background you you said you you were uh worked in the medical industry as a mm -hmm. as a teacher was i that? was a nurse and i also taught um medical school and so um doing site precepting at a teaching hospital is where i got the teaching part started mm -hmm. um and it's funny because when they first asked me to to be a site preceptor, which means that people follow you around and, you know, you teach them on the job. I was like, ah, gack, no, I don't want to do that. Cause people, ugh. <laughs> so you have you like know? a crowd of like 10 students behind you and you got to explain oh, everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so being a teaching hospital, we had uh, doctor students, we had nursing students, we had lab students, we had medical assisting students, we literally had anything and everything under the sun. And so it took a long time for me to like, tell them, okay, yes, I'll do this. Um, <laughs> and so that's how the, you know, teaching part started while I was a nurse supervisor. <clears throat> and then I actually went from there to to classroom teaching. And so um, I have been in every aspect of the medical community that you can imagine. I've done um, home health care. I've done billing, coding. Um, I was even a autopsy assistant. Mm. Um, so that was fun and cool. And I'm not a serial killer, but that was gross and cool at the same time <laughs> you're like that girl on csi new york <laughs> yeah i absolutely loved it because uh i think it's really cool to like this is gonna sound terrible but to get in there and just like touch things and and whatever that mm. are inside your body that's why i said i'm not a serial killer uh but yeah it's cool i like that stuff and I like forensic files and, and stuff like that too. So, yeah. You know, when I lived in yeah. Anaheim, California, I, uh, my roommates were all emergency nurses. Mm -hmm. And so I would hear all kinds of stories. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew, you know, they would be off for three, four days 
and I would hear all the stories. They would get so drunk. They made the best cocktails because they hated their work. <laughs> <laughs> I I love uh, trauma stuff. That was always my favorite because, you know, I mean, we saw like gunshot wounds and people getting blown apart by fireworks and, you know, automobile accident, sheet metal slicing limbs off and whatever. Oh, God. I, I like. It's going to sound terrible again. I liked the bloody, gutty, gory stuff, but <laughs> like, I don't like, I hated OB. I hated that. I'm like, ah, because it's all I, trauma. I, uh, I am not, <laughs> I'm not one. I hate drama, but I'm not one that, that enjoys doing the same thing repetitively. I can't, it yeah. makes me nuts. And um, the things that I smelled during OB Ew. rotation and stuff, I'm like, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah I'll take a pass. <laughs> uh, anything to do with the butt, I'll take a pass on that too. Not a fan of any of that. No. Mm -mm. Or feet. I don't like feet. <laughs> oh, man. And there's people that love to do that and been doing mm -hmm. it for like 20, 30 years. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. That's why I like the the trauma because it's it's always something different and something new and you know removing foreign items from foreign places if you know what I'm saying. I mean it's a rush. I mean you're you're yeah. you're on the clock. Yeah. And time is ticking because you need to save this person. Yeah. Or save a limb or whatever. Mhm. Mm yeah. You know. I like stuff like that that keeps me like active and engaged and you know interested and stuff so going from the medical field how did you get into podcasting i mean it's totally night and day <laughs> um <laughs> well i retired um several years ago and i don't do you remember when they used to have what's called periscope yeah okay twitter um yeah it was it was a link to twitter or whatever before right. it got they, absorbed they it. by yeah before it got absorbed by Facebook or wherever it went to. And so um, I had a really good friend that was on a, a large podcast and he's like, uh, you should come and do periscopes with me and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, ah, who's going to want to listen to me? I'm like, I'm very talkative, but who's going to want to listen? And he's like, let's just do it. So I started out doing periscopes. Um, and then I actually guest hosted, um, several episodes on the podcast that he was on. And then, um, from there I was like, you know what, uh, I have so much more to say and I don't like waiting on other people to make up their minds when they're going to do a show. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna do this and I'm start my own. And so I did. And it's been over two years, about almost three now. So yeah. I like nice. it, you know, and I, and I love doing it because I love people and I love, you know, hearing other people's stories or things that affect them or, you know, strange medical conditions that people have or, you know, whatever. My podcast literally will cover anything that somebody wants to talk about. You know, we've done uh politics there's space there's all kinds of stuff so 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, that's what I love about your show. I mean, you don't, you don't specialize in just like one topic you you have, you know, know, I, I think of you as like a good host because you, you have an electric group of like different guests that have knowledge in different places and Mm -hmm. different subjects. And so kind of like, you know, I never get tired of listening to it because I don't, I don't know who the next guest is going to be talking about, you know, right. Like spirituality or whatever. And, and sometimes like, um, I'll ask somebody to come on and then, you know, it'll be just like an organic conversation and I have no idea where it's going to go. It just happens. And I, I love that. I love being able to like have those kinds of connections with people where, you know, they just like feel, feel comfortable enough to speak their truth. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. Cause you know, people I work with, I mean, I have to just like bite my tongue. Like I want to say certain things and mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, did you hear that crap on, on the news? I mean, I, I can't say that, you know, because these people <laughs> believe every word, word for word, it's like gospel. And it's like, Oh my God, wake up. You know? Yeah. I had a lot of that too. Um, especially when I went and started teaching, you know, at, at college, it was like, this is the way we do things. And, you know, it wasn't so much like politics, but the whole teaching aspect is politics to a T Mm -hmm. and in you like at my place, we saw like a lot of favoritism and, you know, certain teachers would get like certain perks and benefits that other people did not or, you know, whatever. And they were always quick to pick me out and be very, um, I don't know how you, how you would say this, but like, I like teaching in a very different way. Um, their idea of teaching is standing in front of the students and talking down to them Mm. or talking at them. I like to sit in amongst them, you know, and have like big, deep group discussions, or I would make up like games and we would do like the, the price is right. Or, you know, um, whatever, like trivia stuff or, or whatever. And I would, or a lot of times I would make them act out, which was fun. Like when we were learning, uh, I was teaching them pharmacology. And so I'm teaching them like what kind of behaviors to watch for in patients when they come in on certain substances. <laughs> so I made them act out little skits and stuff. Administration hated that. Really? They hated anything and everything other than standing in front of the class. That That's was like their weird. thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how they remember stuff. They, they're, the memory is mm-hmm. reinforced by the interaction, mm-hmm. not by dialogue. I mean, otherwise they can right. just listen to a podcast and you just record it. Right. You know? And it's funny because I would make up like, um, I like making up words to songs, even here at home. Like I just make up dumb shit and I sing it to my animals all the time. And so I would make up like, silly songs or stupid sayings or whatnot and make the students repeat it. And then every time they'd come back from taking their board exam, they would be like, 
oh my God, like that stupid song got stuck in my head. And that is literally all I thought about. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> and you thought it was silly and stupid, but it made you remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so cool. I enjoyed it though. And I am still very connected to a lot of my students. I still get, you know, calls or text messages or emails or whatever from from students all the time, which I love that um, to have that kind of connection to to know that I made a difference for somebody. So I really like doing that. It was just a lot of hours. I had to do a split shift. And so I had to teach all morning long and then go back and teach at night. And so I was putting in like 80 hours a week and I'm like, Oh, wow. That's a lot. Uh, never saw my kids, never saw my husband, <laughs> never saw pretty much anyone. <laughs> That's the medical industry. I mean, they just burn you out. Yeah. So you yeah. don't feel anything. Yeah. You don't have time to investigate. You don't have time to do research. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm done. so happy that I am retired from everything because I actually get to uh, interact with people and my family and my kids and, you know, everybody now, which I like. So you would have lost your license by now. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Even when, you know, when I was still working and I get that question a lot, did you ever run into a doctor, you know, or whatever that you had to like say something to? And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. I'm a Scorpio and very true to my nature. I will definitely tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And I don't sugarcoat for people. And so I ran into a lot of doctors that needed to be put in their place. Yeah. Um, I just recently wrote an audio drama um, for True Theater Radio. And um, it was basically like... Um, a day in the life of, and so, it, you know, it kind of walked us, walked the listeners through like what my life was like a day at work, you know, and, and the things that I experienced and, and whatnot. So um, I'm very glad I was able to put that out because there's a lot of people that, um, you know, it's like, oh, you just go to work and like, everything's fine. And you just, you know, take care of your patients and then you go home. That is, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's not really what happens. <laughs> well, my roommates, I mean, they would work, you know, I don't know how many hours they would work, but I wouldn't see them for 12 hours at least. Yeah. And so when they came home, they were just, just exhausted. They would uh -huh. just veg out, watch a few, an hour or two hours of whatever show that was on and then go to right. bed. Right. And then once they had their days off, then that's when the drinks came out, the cocktails and the parties. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, there was no time for, I mean, if, if that was going on now, I mean, there's no time to research. There's, there, you don't yeah. want to work. You don't right. want to look into what you're doing, you right. know? So a lot of these people are just indoctrinated and they don't care to even know what's really going on. And that's, that's the sad state of affairs in the way our medical system 
um, is set up nowadays. It's because they keep you so distracted and so busy and so exhausted that you don't care to think about what you're doing or remember your schooling or look into things or read things. Right. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I'm lucky and I'm not because um, when I was working, I ran the vaccines for children program oh, wow. at our facility. And so I would get um, information releases and stuff that were for providers only which means it's not public release, public knowledge. Um, so I would get a lot of that stuff and I'm still, I'm reading through things going, okay, this, this one's garbage. We're not going to give this one, you know, whatever. And it wasn't until my daughter got vaccine injured that like my whole, wow. my indoctrination changed. And I'm like, okay, now I'm pissed. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that, that's what I needed to kick me in the butt to get me to wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. That's sad that it had to come to that mm -hmm. before you, you realized what you were into. <laughs> right. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And so now I'm very thankful to have the platform where most of my time on my show is spent um, exposing the medical industrial complex and things that they've been hiding, uh, covering up, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. that is my life's mission now. Um, and I have to say, I just read this lovely, lovely article earlier um, that this gentleman wrote that is on PubMed. Um, where he is blaming, get this, the blood clots and the side effects are not caused by the vaccinations themselves. They're caused by the unvaccinating, spreading, oh spreading men's information, which causes people to have a vascular spasm, which causes the clots. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Let's do it. This dude, <laughs> I'm like, this dude, this dude, I'm going to destroy this dude. Wow. Literally took me like two seconds of research to find out who this dude was, what he was tied to. And I'm like, okay, so I know what my next thing is going to be on. Wow. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people are, are just wanting to make money. I mean, there are certain yeah. topics that that'll get promoted and then they'll get a lot of hits and right. they're fed hits, you know, oh, yeah. it can just be something so stupid. But if you really yeah. want to, you don't mind triggering people, you don't mind having arguments and you have that, that gumption to be able to do that and, and mm -hmm. sleep at night. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Attack the people who, the, the non-vaxxers attack the yeah. flat earthers, you know, attack, everything that's out there and, and you'll, you'll make money at doing it. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is like, I don't make a dime uh, doing this. <laughs> same. Me neither. Uh, the only, the only payment that I get from this is meeting wonderful people like yourself. That is my payment in life. Exactly. So, um, I have a really good friend that said it best. And he said, they don't censor nonsense. 
And so if you're getting um, fact checks slapped on things or you have people that are coming after you, attacking you because um, of something that you posted or something that you said, it is because you are spot on over the target. Mm -hmm. bullseye on the target and that's why like um some people don't handle criticism well they don't handle uh like people coming after them out of the woodwork or whatever i personally don't care Mm -hmm. um because i'm a grown-up and i can i have my feelings in check so i get a lot of haters and a lot of trolls Um, Even if I just like post my episode, I'll always get like a couple of haters that comment something and I'm just like, thanks for stopping by. Have a beautiful day. God bless you. And then they're like, boop, out the door. Yeah. They don't like that. Yeah. My videos used to get, you know, in between 4,000 to 6,000, sometimes 7,000. And a lot of those views went away. And now nobody can find my 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 stuff. Not even my own subscribers mm-hmm. know that I have a show put out. Right. And it is what it is. I can't I can't change that. I can't do anything against it. Because yeah. they have all the power. I'm on their platform. You know. Yeah. And but the thing is, you know, people like us, we're not ever gonna give up and we're not gonna stop talking or stop trying. And so to me, like it's I have been censored so much and removed so, 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 so many times now. And that's fine because you remove me someplace and I will pop up somewhere else. I'm like that pesky little weed that just will not go away. Yeah. And like Spotify, I mean, they, they defunded my platform, I don't know, back in June, I think maybe, or maybe sooner. And now I don't make even money, make any money on my, I, I can't even put my introduction, you know, how everybody has like, mm-hmm. oh, get it, you know, get into uh, anchor.fm. It's, it's free. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I don't even make any money on that. As right. soon as I cashed out, that was it. They're like, right, you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't even know what I did. It's so funny because um, I used to host on Anchor when I first started. I got six episodes in. I had done um, two no-nos, right, back-to-back. I did a child trafficking one, and then I also did um, hidden cancer care Mm -hmm. um, that the government's been covering up for a very long time. And I wake up in the morning, and it's like, message from Anchor, you're podcast has been removed from our hosting site and i'm like what and then i get to the next email and it's like spotify has removed you from its platform and i'm like well isn't that cute because spotify and anchor you know they they're owned by the same and so i'm like oh fabulous okay what next so a little bit later i get a message that i also got removed off of apple it took me Whoa. like a year, over a year, to get back on everything. And That's so crazy. it was like I was getting like killer downloads and stuff, you know, right out the gate. And then I did these episodes and then I got booted and I had to completely start all over again. Dang. I have, I'm on Twitter number. 
Um, yeah, so, I, and I've been removed here lately off of two um, other platforms, and and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind because, you know, if it goes against my morals and my values, then that's fine with me because it's yeah. not someplace I was supposed to be anyway. Right. Yeah, I have I my personal Twitter account got banned, I don't know, last year or two years ago now. And I've never been able to get it back. I mean, I, it still shows up on my feed and just says I need mm-hmm. to make a answer a dispute or something. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, don't. And I, I like to tell people um, that have Twitter, if if you get like, uh, a message pops up that says review your phone number. Do not click on that. You will lose your account. Get out of it. Get back in it. And that message will not be there anymore. Mm-hmm. They sporadically do that. And it's kind of like a phishing scam. And uh, it took me a long time to figure uh, that out. But yeah, huh. that's because the very... <laughs> one of the times um when i lost my account i did that and then it was like oh your account is gone and so i make a new account and it's like you know i just went in to like read my emails or my messages and it's like you have been banned because you were performing an illegal action or whatever oh for God. reading my messages or whatever the very first time i lost my account though um, I may have called Brian Stelter a pansy ass baboon. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> Boop, there went my account. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Normally I don't say things like that to people, but yeah, I just. Who cares not, about Brian Stelter? I just could not help it. And it just like, bleh, like word vomit came out. And then they're like, and yeah, I got reported because that was hate speech. Oh wow. It's not like he's Alyssa Milano crazy blue check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was my first experience um with Twitter. Yeah, so it's been a ugly thing since the first one. <laughs> wow. So uh when I first contacted you, I kind of like went on this whole tangent about the the millennial reign and like the preterism and stuff. And I've been in this like rabbit hole concurrently with, with Tartaria because I, I feel like it it's kind of like interconnected in how this like hidden history kind of connects the two that possibly that if Christ did was King and he was on the earth for a thousand years, it could have been during this time period that Tartaria existed. And I, I want to talk to people about this so much. And I, I was just curious what you, what you think of it and like how after it ended, which is around 1798 and, and 1819, which is around the time that, you know, we, we had our war with Napoleon and I mean, we didn't have an war, but there was like a major war that at that time period. And like, that's when the industrial age started to come in and like, all like the the orphanages were starting to become a thing and Mm -hmm. when people started to consider that this is the great reset because of all these like 
new people just came into out of nowhere mm-hmm. these asylums it, it, it all makes perfect sense how if if satan was released in into right. earth and just started deceiving people this would be the perfect time right and and it's so interesting that you said that because um let's not forget <clears throat> the uh, with the wars going on and and the time period that is the same time where you have um you know the the rockefeller family um Mm -hmm. that are that are starting to get very involved in um schooling and uh the pharmacy system and and the whole nine yards um bankrolling wars all of that stuff plus they were working with um England um, and the palace in England. And, you know, that's how like Tavistock and all of that was set up later down the road. But these, these things are so interesting because you have like the mud floods and all of that stuff going on. You have, you know, these amazing buildings and stuff that we don't have the technology even today, Mm -hmm. right. To build. You have the orphan trains, you have the orphanages, you know, they have all these insane asylums that just, right. We're in the middle of nowhere, but they could house a thousand people at a time. Exactly. (laughs) And so if, if you, if you compare all of those things that were going on to like, um, what they're planning for the great reset, you know, uh, in the words of the world economic forum, um, where they're they're building these facilities again to quote house um people that they deem need to be put there mm-hmm. it's not just for sick you know uh covid uh stuff like the ones that they've been building all over in canada have very vague language and it's like whoever the government deems necessary yeah now couple that and follow my thought here for a second but new york city um just now like the you know chief of police and the mayor and and whatever are all in cahoots on this that um if they deem you mentally unfit uh, or um, it used to be you had to had to pose a, a clear and present danger or immediate danger. Now that terminology is gone. So if they deem you mentally unstable, they can involuntarily commit you. Oh, means wow. they don't have to get your permission. Oh, they can just put you wherever. That's the same premise of these facilities that are being built, um, not just in Canada, but also in Australia and, and lots of other places. And so are we going to have that same kind of reset yeah. that happened yeah. in the past? where all these people are squirreled away, they experiment on these people, you know, and then like the rest of us are wiped out or whatever the heck happens. And then in comes a new crop of people Mm -hmm. that weren't here before. Right. 
Yeah. History <clears throat> always repeats itself. So is it possible that that happened in the past with the Tartaria and all that stuff? Absolutely. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. And these elites, I mean, they, they have more knowledge than, than we are, have access to. Right. I mean, we're barely finding stuff in the archives and, you know, archive.org. Like mm -hmm. stuff is just being deleted all the time, but if if you know how to find it, you can find it. Right. And <clears throat> but just for normal through normal means, it's very difficult. I mean, like you know, especially during COVID. I mean, they shut down all the libraries and the museums. You couldn't right. access any of these places. So well, unless you wanted to go to the Smithsonian, they had to keep that open because that was getting government money. <laughs> Plus, there's some shady stuff at the Smithsonian Underground. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're in cahoots with the, the Carnegies, the, the mm -hmm. and Henry Ford and and right. Rockefellers, and they they've you know they've placed historians in those facilities mm -hmm. to you know alter history. And exactly, it's been done since the the early 1920s. Mm -hmm. And that's how our entire history has just been adapted to whatever they wanted us to know. Right. And rewrite history and create these like stories. I mean, just like the world fairs. I mean, each one of those world fairs had like a theme and that was like mm -hmm. a made up story, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I always find um, the world's fair stuff like Matt from the great deception does such a great job he blows my mind uh, on, on all that <laughs> stuff he is so he is so smart and i he's such a great guy but just the you know thinking about like building these grandiose you know fairs and these grandiose buildings and whatnot and <laughs> then tearing them all down mm -hmm. afterwards why you spent like a ton of money yeah like and where did all this money come from that you that you put into building these grand you know grand halls or these giant uh like crystal palaces or you know whatever and then you tear them down and and your excuses oh because it was just you know it was like uh temporary well, like, mortar mortar and paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i've heard some yeah i've heard some really stupid stuff but it was like okay and yet they could it, have three hundred thousand people in these buildings yeah you, know, you couldn't do that with temporary materials and and the elements mind you and they withstood the elements yeah. so yeah and i'm you know if you think about that like was that another like money laundering thing? Because, oh, absolutely. Because they obviously have a lot of different money laundering schemes that they where did the money come up. from to build all that? Hundred percent. Yeah, that, that blows my mind. Like, it's not like we were a rich country. You know, this was mid eighteen hundreds, mm -hmm. where money wasn't really. We didn't have a lot of it. Right. So yeah. And we didn't have, we didn't have real advanced tools and stuff. So it, it's kind of like road construction for me these days, you know, where um, when they really want to, they can get stuff done really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then other times it literally take 10, 15 years for them to do a, 
you know, one mile stretch of road or whatever, because must yeah, be really you know, complicated that particular mile. I mean, some of these, there is documented ev ev evidence that these world fairs were built, but right. it's weird how there's all this construction, but there's only like a handful of people. 100%. And it's like they're staged. It's like, where are the thousands of people who would take to build these things in such a short amount of time? I mean, two years mm -hmm. is not that much time, especially for that day and age. Right. Like you would need tens of thousands of people to build all this, you know? Right. Like the guy that built the quote crystal palace. Um, and it was supposed to be like just him and it was his project. And it was always just like pictures or whatever, just showing him. And it's literally this gigantic, you know, monstrosity of a building that's all made out of glass and whatever, which glass back then and glass now are very, very different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like they had fancy glass manufacturers and, you know, industrial glass makers and stuff back then. But it's like, and and he finished it all by himself, you know, and. <laughs> In like a six months, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Very interesting. He he must be a magical genie. Maybe I need one of those that cleans the house. Yeah, but the, even even in these plans and the, these records, I mean, there are a number of buildings that aren't accounted for. Mm -hmm. So whether there was 300 buildings, there was at least four or five of those buildings that were already there. Mm -hmm. that there was no record of it all you mm -hmm. know and in san francisco was like a big anomaly because this the 1906 fire destroyed all records of anything prior to that so we we don't really know what was existing we, we mm -hmm. saw like the the 1915 um building of some of the buildings but not all of them some of them were already there like the like the uh the palace of fine arts right. mean, that building was there long before that they even began the construction of the exposition. Mm -hmm. So that, that stuff's fascinating. I'm going to be going there in the spring and I, I'm going to tour around. And, and, you know, my wife, she loves architecture as much as I do, especially old architecture with the evidence of mud floods. And right. she's into all that stuff. She doesn't listen to as many podcasts as I do. Like, you know, she'll listen to like uh, Matt's podcast, The Great Deception, because he's, he's very interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's so fun to like um, hang out with, not just on his show, but like he does a, you know, Monday night bastard debaters. And so he, you have all different kinds of personalities with yeah. all different kinds of schools of thought on everything. And he's just he's such a wealth of knowledge. He's just yeah. an amazing person. And what I love about the show, it's not structured. It it, mm -hmm. it almost always never goes anywhere. It's just people conversating. Right. You know, it's kind of like your show. I mean, there's sometimes there is structure and there is stuff that you guys talk about. But sometimes you just have guests where you just have a conversation. And you realize, mm -hmm. oh, my God, they didn't really talk about anything. They're just, just talking about life, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is awesome because. It goes where it goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I like conversations to just naturally go like i don't want right. to be forced to just talk about one thing 100 percent. you know it's like oh i gotta redirect you and you know like like working for a network show is like oh i gotta keep you on track you know don't talk about this <laughs> it's like 
I'm, I'm, I don't have someone in my ear telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much better that way. So when you go on your trip, uh-huh. you guys are definitely going to have to like, you know, document like what you're seeing, what you're finding and whatnot, because yeah. that stuff is so fascinating. Like when I, when I talked to Matt about um, the Chicago world's fair, I grew up in Indiana. So I grew up not too far from Chicago mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, I think some of the buildings are there. And I'm like, absolutely. Some of the buildings are still there. Yeah. Never been in them before, but yeah, I've seen them, but yeah. I love stuff like that. It's so fascinating. Mm. Like I would, I wish we could know like the actual real history of things and not have it skewed or manipulated or, you know, whatever. Cause I would, which one of these days, all those answers are going to be revealed, you know, one way or another, but I, there's so many like fascinating things like, whose idea was it to start like um the the incubators at the world's fair you know why did that come about what was the what was the purpose behind that you know just all kinds of stuff i would dearly love to know the answer to the real answer yeah i i really think that they sent these children because you know the the factories were being the laws were changing and like kids couldn't work in factories. And so they were, they were, there was an overpopulation. And so all these parents were just being killed off because they were in the insane asylum. So I think these women were just taken in there and they were raped and they were producing babies like crazy. Mm-hmm. And they were shipping these kids off to these farmlands to help the farmers grow crops and stuff. And when they were old enough, they would send them to these world fairs and then mm-hmm. indoctrinate them because there was too many kids to educate them through the the uh, university and college systems because they were still controlled by the Catholic Church. And so that was like mm-hmm. a transition at the same time this, this was all happening. So it wasn't until the Board of Education was created in 1908 by the Rockefellers that the education system was completely changed. Right. And so up until then, they had the world's fairs. I mean, they still have the world fairs now, but you know, prior to 1930, I mean, that that was like a very, um, you know, indoctrinating part of the education mm-hmm. of like, all right, well, you're gonna go work for society. You're gonna be contribute and be a part of this new world. And here's here's the change of clothes. And you're gonna look like you belong in this period. And so that's why everybody looked like they they were out of place, right? And, they all had these like blank stairs and they were hanging on in the beaches and these like long, you know, these dressed up clothes, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, why would you go to the beach and wearing these like long, you know, why, why would you exactly. wear a suit? You know, <laughs> I don't always wear a suit on the beach, but when I do, <laughs> I have a dose. I get sand in the fold. <laughs> I'd love to have a dose right now. That sounds really good. Oh, my God. I haven't had one of those in years. Mm. <laughs> I do yeah. like me some beer every once in a while. Yeah. I, I, I've gathered so much knowledge over the last couple of years. It, it's funny how I, I just spew out all this information. And 
you know, and I'm still trying to like learn as much as possible because there's no written like, oh, this is what happened. And right. You, you can't trust anything that we've been reading through throughout history. And it's all it's all altered. It's all propaganda. It's to paint a certain narrative. Right. So, you know, it, it, and it amazes me the stuff that we teach in like high school right now. And we talk about the Nazis. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is exactly what we're doing to kids today. Right. We're getting funding from the the Bill Gates and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's the Mm -hmm. primary funding of our our money. Right. And then the other part of our money comes from the Walton family. It's like, hello, people. (laughs) This is not a good thing. Buying our children. Yeah. Yeah. And I always have those conversations because, um, like people want to know like about charter schools and, and, you know, are they taking government monies and whatever? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's so much behind the scenes with any kind of educational system. And if it has any, any, anything to do with taking, you know, state money or federal money, you're going to have indoctrination you're mm-hmm. going to have, you know, you got to follow the government rules and whatever the government guidelines and things are. And, you know, if the government says feed your kids bugs, you're going to feed your kids bugs because you don't want to lose your money. Right. And it is the exact same in healthcare, And that is why, like, everybody goes along with, you know, the social distancing and the masking policies and whatnot, even though you're a health core organization and you know these things don't work and they're wrong, but you take federal funding. And even if you take a dollar, you're beholden to the government and what their regulations are. So schools are no different, unfortunately. You know, I didn't even know who the international baccalaureate was until not even that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I recently looked it up. And I'm like, I was curious where it started and who who started it. And it freaking started in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh-huh. And one of my friends was like, are you sure? And I'm like, look it up. They, <laughs> they don't hide it. They don't hide yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like most of the stuff is in plain sight. And I hate to say it, but most of the systems that we have in place today, whether it is um, you know, education or finance or, you know, whatever. These all came out of, you know, other countries with like wealthy banking families, uh, mm-hmm. highly, heavily, you know, politically and echelon connected. <laughs> and they have literally infiltrated every single aspect of our society and even the law, because we are definitely seeing that these days. Yeah. You so know. it drives me nuts. We're like, we're the greatest country in the world and we have freedom. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we don't. We have the illusion of freedom. Illusionary. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's so funny because, you know, like maybe a long time ago, there was a lot more. I know there's been a lot more freedom in my lifetime um, than what we're seeing nowadays. Uh but also like my generation and the generations before me um were pretty it's always been shitty <laughs> yeah it has but they were 
they were pretty wise to stuff that was going on. And then it's like, I don't know, like a blanket was pulled down over people after me. And they're just like, yeah, uh, what? Like our government would never lie. NASA's, it, it, NASA doesn't lie. It amazes me that anyone over the th- age of 35 is asleep still. Yeah. People are in their 60s. I'm like, oh, my God. How, how do you not? pick up on the lies the deceptions how do you not know when when the the before the news starts sponsored by pfizer exactly. you know it's like come on pfizer and biointech <laughs> <laughs> it's all right in our faces hey but this program was not brought to you by pfizer just saying just saying <laughs> i have a question for you sure okay um, number one, what got you started in this business? Um, and number two, I want to know like about your military background. Um, I, I mean, I got into this, I, I, I always had this like fascination with radio. Like I loved independent radio. I would always listen to AM radio because that's where all the new underground music was played. Right. And I, I fell in love with like the, the local DJs and they would play stuff we wouldn't hear on the radio. Right. And, and I loved Casey Kasem and, and uh, Ryan Seacrest. I just mm-hmm. loved their personality and how they could just carry themselves and have a whole conversation and just be free flowing. And I was such a big stutter and like I couldn't hold like a conversation without, you know, breaking my thoughts and like I couldn't, you know, grab a thought and hold on to it long enough to where I can actually have a conversation. So I was, I was like fascinated about that and, and tried to be something that I would look up to. And, and I actually never, never thought I would actually be in radio. I mean, this was an accident. I wanted to be a journalist and be a writer and reporter and, and talk about news. And then once I discovered that news was very biased, in mm-hmm. that you had to pick a political side that it was all like either Democrat or you had to be a hardcore Democrat. Like it wasn't just that you liked liberalism. You had to be a crazy lunatic and, <laughs> and, and believe everything that, that, that social justice was inventing that, that right. year. Like it was like a seasonal thing. And so you just had to jump on the bandwagon and just mm-hmm. be a, a, a you know, a, a, you had to re- repeat it. And right. I just didn't, I was like, you know, that's all very fishy to me. And, you know, I learned about Edward Bernays very early and how the television was just a manipulation. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how do we know that everything on television we can believe because it's all manipulation, right? you know, everything. I mean, and I started to watch things at a different lens and like, all right, this is all propaganda. You know, <laughs> he's the father of propaganda. <laughs> Come on. He, he got everyone to eat <laughs> eggs and bacon and for every meal. And nobody ate ba- nobody ate pork before like 1890. And people started to gain weight. And, you know, it's, it's, it's toxic because they, they eat the filth and they, they feed like, you know, like they, they had documentaries and they were feeding pigs, you know, like, like whole bags of, of un uneaten skittles skittles i mean they were just <laughs> candy bars just so trash 
full loaves of bread with the plastic still on it and they would just eat the whole thing and that's the kind of stuff that we're ingesting when we eat, eat pork yeah. so i don't eat pork anymore y- yummy <laughs> and i i, yeah, used to I don't bacon. i eat pork but i don't eat anything from the grocery store um mm. we have a local guy that raises and and whatever and everything is you know grass fed and and very healthy and so much better um so yeah i i like that stuff but yeah i don't buy anything like that from the grocery store like ever Mm -mm. yeah and i've been off and on a vegan and i'm not a vegan anymore but i don't eat beef or pork I, I eat chicken now and uh, <clears throat> I'm okay with it. But anyway, I, I went on this like whole tangent because you asked me <laughs> how I got into this, but uh, you know, I was really into music. I, I liked independent music and I supported, I had an award show, I had like a big event back in like 2012 and that's how I met my wife and then started an internet radio station. It's still operating now. And um I wanted to do a show because my my friend and I, we were going to open a uh, television and radio studio up in North Hollywood, which was supposed to open in April of 2020, but COVID Mm. happened and it never opened. So we ended up moving to Texas. And at that time, I was really into Flat Earth and Flat Earth really opened my eyes to this whole world of like, everything started to make sense. Right. And all the stuff that I knew about the deceptions, it it just all went full circle. And then I started to really understand that the whole idea was to hide God. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, we're flying through infinite space at 1.3 million miles an hour. We're we're jettisoning through through the Milky Way galaxy at 500,000 miles an hour. And then we're flying around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. Right. (laughs) Like, there's no possible way... And I mean, we were showing that in one of my classrooms. I was like, there is no empirical way that we can prove this is actually happening. Because 100%. all they show us is these, these like CGI images. So I went to a university and I wanted to see, to witness what these professors were looking through in a telescope. I'm like, oh no, they're just lasers. We, they, they, the lasers shoot in space. We, we collect data and then we interpret this data yeah, into huh? images. I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, every single... Yeah, pulled that one out your ass, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, you think we're stupid? I mean, we are yeah. stupid. Yeah. We are really dumb. We are because they could literally <laughs> tell anybody anything and they'd be like, oh, oh Because okay. they have a degree. Yeah. Why would they and lie? It, yeah. Well, well, hello, why would... Dr. Fauci ever make a stuff up. Oh, it's I like, don't know. well, if we told the truth, we might lose our funding. Exactly. Or your piggy bank uh, backup, you know, money laundering stuff that's going right back in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why a lot of that stuff will never be exposed. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say thank you for sharing that. And I do have a follow-up question. Sure. So <laughs> do you feel like doing, um, you know, the radio show and podcasting and stuff, 
do you feel like that was like cathartic and therapeutic for you? And so that you could like overcome what you were dealing with. I had a voice inside of me that needed to get out. I felt like I had a duty in a platform that I could reach to people, even if I didn't know how to like, because I really didn't know how to put everything that I knew into words. Like I just mm-hmm. had, my brain was just at a million miles an hour, you know, especially when it would, this was all new to me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to like put it into words. Like, right. like, should I put it on a presentation? Should I put it on a PDF and be like a presenter? And I, I just didn't never liked, I, I never conducted like a full classroom. I always mm-hmm. like dealt in small groups because I, I worked with special education kids. Mm-hmm. And so I never really had to stand up in front of a whole class and like conduct a whole room. So that was like never my forte. It was never something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just something that's worked out in my favor. Right. And having guests that knew more, had more knowledge in the topics that I'm interested was satisfying to me mm-hmm. because I was still learning and I, I didn't have to like, get everybody's attention and maintain it for an hour, you know, right. And let someone else do it. <laughs> and, and it's fun to, to just meet people and, and have a, just a regular conversation and, and just talk about whatever comes to mind, you know, mm-hmm. and it so, is, it's so, it's so great. And, and there's so many just absolutely amazing, amazing people out there. And that's why I like, and I don't, please don't take this the wrong way, but some podcasters are like um, clout chasers or, or star chasers. And so it's like, you know, it has to be like a famous doctor or a famous mm-hmm. celebrity or whatever, or they won't have them on. I literally would love to have on a guest that I just met at the grocery store. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Because I just love that that people connection and like, you know, people that I would just like meet in my everyday life. I, I love that. And I love being able to, you know, like hear how not only what knowledge they have, but how things like how that knowledge affects them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I just there, there are that. some people that I just won't have on my show just because I know they're motivated by, the audience that their guests are going to bring them. Right. And so that's their number one priority. So I'm not going to yeah. entertain that. I'm not going to ask yeah. and grovel and like, please be on my show. Like I, I'm, I, I just don't, yeah. you have nothing to offer. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I mean, and if so you're, transparent. And if you're, I was going to say, and if you're that kind of person, you're probably not going to mesh well with me in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've always been very modest in like my personality Same. and how yep. I work with my students and like I interact with just regular people. Like right. if I can't be completely honest, I'm just not going to have a conversation with you because it's, it's a waste of time. Amen to that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, just like spewing hot air and it goes nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're talking to a wall when you talk to some people and it's pointless to try to like explain things or even try to have a conversation because it will most likely turn very um, negative really quick. You know, I used to think that I was like 
very much an empath because I would just very, I, I could read someone without even having a single word with them. hundred percent. And avoid people who I felt were, there was something dark. Yep. Like, <laughs> Before they ever speak a word to you and you're yeah. like, that's why when we were talking about guests before the show and whatever, there are some people that will contact me and they'll be like, I want to come on your show. And like the hair on the back of my neck will stand mm. up and I'll be like, <laughs> red alert, <"Nope."> red alert. <laughs> Run. Yeah. 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 yeah it That's definitely... a great, it's a great quality to have though, as an empath to be able to pick that up because with empaths, everybody has a different like level of abilities with that. And mm -hmm. so some people don't have that. They can't read unless they're talking to somebody or looking at them. Mm -hmm. I don't even have to. <laughs> like, I, I can, can be like, walk by somebody and actually feel their energy. A hundred percent. Same. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I like that though. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it, some people who have that ability though. It's too much for them and they can't stand it because it like creates um, like anxiety for them to, mm -hmm. to be able to feel that. But me, I'm just like, okay, mm -mm, not today, Satan. And I'll be like, <laughs> I'm protected by God, blah, 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 you know, but some people like they can't, they can't, they don't know how to process it. Let's yeah, put it that way. I have to be in a right mood too, because sometimes I won't mind being in like like a stadium, mm -hmm. and sometimes I don't want to be around that many people because I right because I feel like I can't shut people out. Right, and then there are times when I can shut them out, and it's just natural, mm -hmm. but it's not it's not the same every day. Right, when I was younger, I was like really into spirituality and like trying to be in touch with that, that ability mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. And I got myself to a point where I was like feeling way too much. Right. And I was like, Ooh, I, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> See, and that's, that's me. I have like the whole gamut because I can also feel people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, sometimes I have like a connection with people and I will know, and I will call them and they'll be like crying when I call them and they're like, how did you know? And I'm like, I felt it like whatever. And so sometimes that happens. Sometimes it freaks people out because they're like, how did you know I was sick? And I'm like, I felt your symptoms, mm. like physically felt your symptoms. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There, there's dark clouds over people when there's, when they're not feeling good. Mm -hmm. If there's something like terminal, you, you, you can sense yeah. it. Yeah. Um, like at the beginning of the year, I think there was a lot of anxiety with all the students. And then there was a lot of fights. I mean, we had a record breaking like number of fights at the beginning of the year mm -hmm. and I could feel the tension and right. anxiety and it was giving me anxiety. Right. And so I couldn't even have a, a smile on my face because I, and then one of my students is like, Mr. Mikey, why do you, why do you always look so serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not serious. I'm, 
I, I'm very sarcastic and I, I'm funny. I, I swear. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I'll get out of it. Don't worry. And then next thing you know, it like almost immediately after that, I started being more more open and like just more talkative and, and mm-hmm. kind of I I let that barrier down because I was like trying to protect myself from other people's right. like feelings. Right. And and I forget that I have that ability. That, yeah. Because it's so sporadic. It it comes and goes. It's not always there because I don't I don't I try not to focus on it mm-hmm. because it's it can be overwhelming. And, oh yeah. Yeah. That's why like my husband laughs at me because like every once in a while, like having conversations with people and, and feeling their emotions physically and stuff, like we'll sit down and I'll just like start bawling and he'll be like, yeah, cleansing again. And I'm like, yep. And I'll just bawl and like get it out. And then I like completely fine. And it's like, nothing's making me sad. Like there's literally like an Alpo commercial on TV <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> ugly crying, snot rolling down my face, you know, but sometimes I have to do that. And that's why I spend like a lot of time outside because like the, the sounds of nature mm-hmm. um, and, and looking at, I love the animals. And so just looking at, you know, whatever and listening to sounds like grounds me. And so I can like get rid of all that. So, yeah. well, when I, you asked me if, about the military, mm-hmm. um, I was gung ho, you know, the, and I, I wanted to just be a part of it and be a hero and, mm-hmm. you know, but once I was in the military, I, I changed my attitude almost immediately. I was like, I don't want to be I here. don't like this and I want to get out. <laughs> because I, I started to realize that I was no longer in control of my own life. Right. That, I, that they were paying me to control me. Mm-hmm. And so for the next three years, I just did everything I could just, just to get out. And finally, the, the base that I was stationed at, um, they, they were shutting it down. And so they offered me to either transfer or I can retire. I was like, I'll retire. I need, I need to wait <laughs> two seconds. I answered immediately. I'm like, I don't want to be here. You guys aren't paying me enough anyway. <laughs> exactly. The military pays terrible. Oh man. I, I don't know how people do that. You know, I mean, I guess if you live on base and you really, you you know, the missions are your life. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I, I, thankfully I never had to go overseas and see any yeah. action. That's a good thing. Yeah. My, uh, I'm the only person in my family that was not military. Um, and like everybody, I mean, my, my parents, my brother, sister, grandparents cousins aunts uncles literally everyone was in the military and then there's me yeah (laughs) and i'm like i'm just gonna like do my own thing but what what was it that made you like decide to do it in the first place to join Mm -hmm. um i think it was just a group of friends that i had we were all just dumb you know, you're. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> We're just dumb. 
I mean, I was 19. I had no ambition. I had no goals in life. You know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had like no direction at all. My, my, right. my early like childhood was just, you know, after my dad was, uh, got divorced and he was a wreck and I was jumping around from home to home and like living with my aunt or my uncle and living with my grandmother during the summer. And then when he met his, his uh, second wife, I mean, I would lived with them for a little while and then they got in, they had shaky times cause she was doing meth and, and that really put a hamper on their relationship. And then I ended up meeting a friend, um, well, a, a girl that he dated in high school, he had a son that was the same age as me. We, we hit it off immediately. And he's like, come down to San Diego and, and, you know, spend spring break with us. And I was like, okay. And I never returned home. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, dad, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> I mean, I was living at a friend's house at that time. So, and it never felt long-term. And so, right. you know, I saw, I actually went to school with my friend down there and I was like, this school system is like awesome. He's got a mom that actually cares. Mm -hmm. I was like, I am going to stay here. Right. You know, Cause I, I wanted a stable home and I knew I could have it and mm -hmm. it didn't take any time at all to realize that I was in the right place. And, but along the way, after I graduated high school, I didn't know what I was going to do. Cause I had, I really didn't have any parental guidance and, um, <clears throat> I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I, I thought, well, I, I want to be an x-ray technician and I'll join the military and I'll do that. And so I ended up joining. <laughs> I, I never, I Thought never it became, was a good idea. <laughs> I never became an X-ray technician. I actually became a. They actually tricked me when I joined. They're like, "Oh, that position isn't open, but if you become a combat engineer, you can do that, and then you can transfer." So it sounded really good. <laughs> it was like a great pitch. <laughs> mm hmm. Hmm manipulation maybe yeah and so for like the next three years i had tried to get into a different occupation i don't want to do this i want to actually do something where i can actually become a civilian and contribute and not just you know build bridges right. and, and be able to pull landmines out of the ground like that's not that's not a future for me <laughs> i like my fingers i want to keep them i don't want to work in construction Mm -mm. yeah no uh, that's it would be so hard for me like to do anything basically that they would want me to do mm -hmm. other than of course I probably would have done the you know medical thing but like I don't want to be a comms engineer I don't care about you know fueling up tankers and stuff I don't care yeah. I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to be a maintenance person. I don't want to be a mechanic. I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my other option is, well, you can be a truck mechanic. I was like, I don't want to do that either. And then, then another thing, um, they couldn't break me. And so that it was hard for them to program me, you know, and become a grunt. You know? So, so you were a bucking Bronco then. Yeah. And I, I made the mistake of laughing at one of my drill sergeants. Uh -oh. Because he was making me do grass drills and, you know, and that was supposed to like break me and make me feel belittled and tired and where I would be forced to do his bidding. And 
I was like, okay, I just not laugh at them anymore. I'm just going to pretend that I'm exhausted. <laughs> and, and I'm beg, fake beg, it. beg for mercy, please. I don't want to do this anymore. And it was all acting. I was, it was just acting my butt off. But inside See? I was like, you guys, you guys are retarded. Maybe you missed your calling. Maybe you should have been an actor. Oh no, and I'm a I'm a terrible actor. I hate being on stage. We I was gonna say we could have seen you. You might have been part of the COVID task force or something. You could have been like, you have no idea how bad it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know why being on a Zoom call doesn't bother me. It's because I I'm not seeing an audience. You know, if there's yeah. anybody watching, I I I don't know that they're there. <laughs> There's somebody always watching. Bob from the CIA is watching right now. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we're on Zoom, China's watching. Exactly. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I'm definitely going to have to have you come on my show. Um, if you would grace me with your presence, I would appreciate that greatly. Yeah. I'm, always, I'm always looking for the show to, to be a guest on. I think it's fun. It it's, it takes a little bit pressure off of me. I don't have to like come up with all these ant questions and, you know, let you direct it. <laughs> Directed and starring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I acting? <laughs> no. no, I just like to be myself and just, just kind of go with the flow and, and just let it go where it may. Same. Yeah. 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 And I'm so I'm so glad that you've reached out to me because I just adore you. You're you're fun to hang out with and it's a comfortable conversation. So there you go. Thank I, you so much. Oh yeah, thank you. I, I think the the show that really caught my attention is you you've had Ellie from One Thumb L. She's my best uh, friend. Speed bumps. And uh yeah. you guys have such a great connection and you know, it, it's it's a great friendship to kind of like eavesdrop. It's like I'm eavesdropping on your like phone call. <laughs> and you know what's funny about that? Um, everybody that knows me knows I don't, I never get on social media, like especially in the morning. I never do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I get on, it's usually like one or two minutes at a time um, and maybe twice a day. And so I had just got on Instagram one day and hers was the first story that popped up. I didn't know her from Adam. And I'm like, oh my God, like I have to get in touch with her. And so I sent her a message and I'm like, you have to come on my show. I need to talk to you. <laughs> and so we have been best friends ever since. I absolutely love her. Um, we talk all the time and she That's is, cool. she's just such a fantastic person. And, yeah. and the funny thing is that's how I meet most people. And um, then they become part of my family per se, yeah. you know, and it's just random encounters with people and they're the best people I've ever met in my life. So, yeah. 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 She's, she's real. I, I, I like her a lot. I mean, she, we've been on each other's show. Mm -hmm. and that that was that was a fun time oh yeah yeah she's she's a character and she has um her and i have the exact same sense of humor so it's that snarky dark 
you know, whatever. And so like, I can say something completely off the wall, sarcastic, snarky, and she gets it. Yeah. Whereas other people would probably get highly offended. That's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Did you assume my gender? Screw you. <laughs> I am fuck and you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Potty oh, mouth. Man. Yeah. So what would he have planned uh, in the coming weeks or months? What would he, who, uh, who are you looking forward to, to talking to? I, uh, I already have everything recorded through the rest of the year. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, I record ahead of time now because I've had some people stand me up literally two minutes before show before. Oh no. Um, don't want to do that anymore. Um, but I have some really great people that are coming up and then, uh, in December, I'm actually starting to record for January. Um, so I have some, uh, I have some great guests on the nice. horizon. So <laughs> I, I wish I didn't have to work cause I would just love doing this. Like every day I would just do this because mm-hmm. it's so much fun to talk to people and, and dive deep into these, like, you know, just stuff that interests me. Like I love right. hidden history and I love the mud floods and orphan trains and you know right flat earth and you know whatever you know it's great because i get a i get to learn from so many different people about so many different things mm-hmm. um and i love hosting the conversations but i also love guesting and so you know there are times where like i'll have like six shows a week to do Damn. And it's like, you know, recording mine and then guesting other places and whatever. And I love that because it gives me like a wide, like a swath of, of topics to talk about or, you know, things yeah. to share. So, yeah, that's fun. I mean, you're retired. Why not? You yeah. Do it every day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, even though I'm retired, I'm, I'm busy because if I'm not doing that, um, like I make all of my own, like shampoo, soap, laundry detergent. I craft oh, nice. my own spices. Um, I dry a lot of goods and, you know, things like that. So I'm writing a cookbook that's original cause I've never owned one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's on the <laughs> table. I'm like doing so many things at once, but I'm one of those people that has to be busy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I have to Sometimes, stay busy. most of the time. Like, uh, you have to follow your passion, no matter what it is. I mean, you yeah. can't just work and come home and veg. Like, yeah, there's no. no fulfillment in it. Yeah. Like, so, you, I had a friend earlier. He's like, tell me you're relaxing today. And I'm like, um, no. Ha, ha, ha. This is what I'm doing today. And then there's other days that people are like, what are you doing? I'm like... <laughs> laying on the couch <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes you gotta just you can't go at all all cylinders at all times yeah you, you get burnt out sometimes even the energizer bunny needs a break so that would be a good thing for me to do is rest and recharge and i'm usually watching like forensic files or you know oh i want to go shows. is the, the parthenon in in uh tennessee 
-hmm. it's that building with the giant freaking gold statue that looks like a freaking devil have you have you been to that i have not yet oh my Mm -hmm. god it's so fascinating and it's like why the hell is that there yeah i haven't (laughs) lived in tennessee that long i mean i've been here a while but like i don't i worked so much that like i never went anywhere Mm-hmm. And so um, now I'm kind of a hermit and I still don't go anywhere, but <laughs> we're planning on it. We're planning on yeah. going some places. Yeah. I, I love exploring like Texas. Like it's still new to me. I've only been here. I think it's coming up on my third year mm-hmm. and I'm still exploring. Like I want to go to the Baker Hotel because that's one of the old buildings that was originally built in like 1846 around that time. Mm-hmm. But they, they, on record, it was built in like 1930, but there used to be a natorium there. So there was like a mineral wells bathhouse mm-hmm. that used to right. be there and it used to be a hotel and that building had provided its own energy source. It wasn't on any kind of grid. Mm-hmm. So if there was any, any energy collecting, that building was doing it. There's a lot of places like that that I would love to go um visit or even like you know um places that have like mineral springs and things like that that are natural mm-hmm. I, I would love to just like i want to be um somebody's sugar baby so if, you know if there's anybody out there with lots of money that would just like to send me all over i would love that yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what's holding me back from like seeing the world is exactly the money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's, that's kind of a drawback for me. Yeah. And so, um, there are places, uh, that we've started going to that are like around here close to us that are like historical and stuff, but yeah. I would love to like, you know, broaden our circle a little bit and, and take in like different sites and and stuff so we have some historic areas around here that that we've explored recently but to me i was kind of like eh yeah it's kind of a kind of a letdown so yeah it's gonna be something that wows me or like catches my attention so yeah i i don't know why but you know anytime i see a building with windows that are half buried that fascinates Mm -hmm. me it's like oh yeah why would anybody build that like yeah. when there used to be a doorway right there, but it's been covered up by a stairwell. Mm-hmm. And now the the stairs are going up to a, a you know, a, a elevated doorway, but mm-hmm. the windows don't make any freaking sense. So why would any contractor ever build that and say, they oh, wouldn't. that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I always put my windows underground, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I like to watch the worms crawling. Yeah. <laughs> well, Janet, it, it was great having you on the show. I, I don't know where else we can we can uh, venture off in this conversation, but I definitely would like to do this again. And, and absolutely, uh, yeah. Send me an invite, and I'll we'll make some kind of time schedule work, and I'll absolutely. jump on your show. Absolutely, my dear. And thank you again from the bottom of my heart for having me on. It was an honor and a pleasure my dear having a conversation with you oh thank you i mean definitely thank you for coming on this show i mean it was very entertaining and 
like to learn more about you. Definitely. There's so much to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know af- after, we, after we end the call, I'm going to be like, damn it. I wanted to ask her this and this and this. It's always, it's always something. <laughs> That's all. I totally understand. That's why I make notes on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, a lot of times I do have notes and I'm like, I have to go through all this like apps to get to the note part of it. <laughs> yeah. Notepad pen. <laughs> I do that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. but thank you so much, my dear. I really appreciate it. Oh, where, where can people find your, your, uh, your show and do you have a website or are you just. <laughs> No website. Um, you can find my podcast on every podcast platform. Um, it is Deplorable Nation, and I was on Roku TV. No longer on there. They said oh, bye bye. Really? Because I am nonsensical and retarded. Um, their yeah. words, not mine. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to put my video yet, but we will find some place <laughs> soon. Oh, that sucks. But you can talk about NASA all day long. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, they allow nonsense. Oh, and you can find me on Instagram at Deplorable Janet or on Twitter at No Janet, K-N-O-W. Yeah, you're one of the very few people that actually can find on, on Twitter. Like people, I don't know why, but people are like not utilizing Twitter. Yeah, no, I don't use it. I used to use it a lot <clears throat> before I called Brian Stelter the pansy ass baboon. Um, that was my main thing. Um, and I did a lot of interaction in there and stuff. <clears throat> and now I can like tweet something. Yeah. And maybe two people will see it. And that is it. So, yeah. Yeah. He played at, because I used to do PR for uh, concert venues in LA. Mm-hmm. And he performed at uh, one of the venues that I worked at. And I had no desire to see him. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of artists that I never cared about seeing. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, I loved like the, the Yacht Rock bands mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, what was it? Pablo? Uh, pa- uh, I, I'm terrible with names. Like I loved Amber. Ozone. I am too. Yeah. Like I, I can see somebody's face and remember them. But I cannot remember most people's names worth of poop. Yeah. Mm-mm. You work in the music industry. You don't know these people's names. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't care. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's the guy that always wore the, you know. Yeah. That's how that I remember song, people. He, he kind of sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like really cool. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's how I describe people yeah. all the time because I can't remember names. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Janet. Well, it was great having you and uh, you guys, you have a great evening and we'll, we'll see you again soon. All right, my dear. Have a good one. You too.
your ignorance. That's not. Where 